Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back here on the MLW Rewind. And I never do it alone. I always do it with my PIC, the one and only Uncle Bobby B. Ahoy, hoy, hoy. What's happening? What's happening, everyone out there on YouTube? What's happening, everyone listening on the SNME Patreon? What's happening, everyone out in the audio airwaves? Last week, we did not do a rewind of an episode because we had an interview with the reigning, defending, newly crowned, MLW champion. That's right. Alex Kane, the head of Bumaye Fight Club, was here. He chopped it up with us. Go check that episode out on the archives. Anywhere you get your ear candy and your eye candy if you want to look at us and him. I mean, more so him than us, but I get it. I get it. I understand. But this week, have no fear. We're going to rewind back last week's episode and this week's episode. So you're going to get a double shot of the rewind. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Let's roll. All right, well, days removed from Never Say Never, Alex Kane sits down with Mr. Thomas probably minutes after the fight because he was sweating profusely and has a press conference. And this press conference is a celebration. The whole Boom IA Fight Club is there and a couple quota goals by Alex Kane himself. I said it day one. No one believed me. The league was stacking the deck, but he knocked down every barrier. He won the open weight. He won the Oprah Cup, the Oprah Cup, stole it, actually. He didn't really win it, but he stole it. Uh, number one in Battle Riot. And he dismayed Hammer's two-year title reign in absolute fashion. Motherfuckers like Hammer, they get mad when they don't get respect. I don't respect you. Not, not me. I respect you, Hammer. Please don't come after me. Kane doesn't respect you. I took the keys by force. You tapped out. I made you my bitch. Again, these are quotes from Alex Kane. I'm not going at Hammer in any form or fashion because he would wipe the floor with me clear as day. If you come at Kane again, it'll do it again. This is Alex Kane's empire. We getting all the gold. And that's on. Boom, I A. Rob, what did you think of the press conference? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, Alex Kane can do no wrong when it comes to anything he's doing right now. Yeah, these uh I think this press conference hit a little different because he's like he's always always had the confidence cuz just by the promo like he said he was going to do it, he did it. But I think he's really just with that title now, there's an additional element of swagger mm-hmm. that he's just carrying with him now. Uh this seemed like a promo off the top of his head, didn't seem like he wrote it. This was just like a I'm going to go out and and uh, you know, even in the preview, they kind of they kind of called it as like Alex Kane shoots. So this was just Alex Kane doing Alex Kane things. Um, really enjoyed it. He's he's coming into his own, or he's come into his own already. Uh, and this was just Alex Kane doing Alex Kane. Guy doesn't even need to try. He's just being himself. Uh, I think turned up to eleven. So this is awesome. Dug it. Absolutely is. And today. On this episode, we also get the rematch that we are hoping for and wanting after the first one was very subpar, to say the least. And we talked about that in extent. Go back to your archives if you don't know what I'm talking about. But Delmi versus Taya 2 is happening this episode. And right off the bat, we get a promo from Taya Valkyrie. Tonight is the night. It's rematch time. You underestimate me like I've been my whole career. I've left bodies everywhere. Tonight will be no different. I'm going to kill you, rip you limb from limb. I'm the craziest bitch you will ever meet. And I'll prove that tonight. God damn it. 
that was all kinds of seriousness. And I, I honestly believe that what I love about MLW, and maybe you can agree with me or disagree with me on this, Rob, it reminds me of the old school days of ECW, where there's a creative mind behind the camera telling the talent, say what you want to say. Be who you want to be. Go where you want to go with this promo. Just hit this, this, and this. Get there any way you want. I feel I feel like Court Bauer has very much a Paul Heyman mindset when it comes to the creativity of these promos. Would you not agree? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we're not privy to what goes on behind the scenes, but I, I probably would. Well, we don't have to be privy. That. I mean, we know the product well enough to say, well, we, yeah, we can guesstimate these things. Yeah, but I, I, I would say there's definitely an element of creative freedom that the talent has right now. Like you said, it's kind of, this is what you need to get across, but however you want to get there, go get there. Uh, and it, that can bring out the best from the talent when they're not creatively shackled and, and you know. I like that. Uh, told told yeah. that they, they can't do more than they can. So, mm. I, yeah. I, you I, like I, that. You like the creative freedom. Definitely. Who doesn't like creative freedom? I absolutely love creative freedom. I mean, right now I'm the creative mind behind everything that is straight talk wrestling. And it's fantastic. There you go. That's right. It absolutely is. 759 subscribers, guys. Maybe this video will get us 760. Here's hoping. There we go. My thumbs it's in the possible. shot. It's possible. Yes. All right. So Ty Valkyrie comes out first with John. Of course, he's going to be there. And he joins Joe, much to Joe's dismay, joins Joe and Matt Stryker on commentary. We'll get to that. But minutes before Delmi enters the squared circle, Sam catches up with her and she says what's your physical state and she says ty attack me but i feel great i'm gonna send her packing back to jacksonville boom boom if i had an air raid siren i would literally be like shots fired basically what she's saying is she's gonna send her packing to aew and i think that's fan fucking tastic that she would go there with that and again tell me not really been much with the words so far in this early title reign. We haven't really heard much from her. But when she said it, she's left us with these one-liners that are like, if you don't get the innuendo, watch it again and get the innuendo. So yep. Ty Valkyrie about to get sent a one-way ticket. No return to Jacksonville, according to Delmi Exo. And like I said, John, John joins Joe and Matt on commentary. Matt looking very happy to have him there. Joe could really care less. And what I love about Matt Stryker is when it's just him and Joe, he will compliment Joe and say, this is why you're a great commentator because you give people these little tidbits of knowledge. But when he's out there with somebody else that Joe does not like, like a Sam Adonis, like a John Hannigan, like somebody he's not supposed to like because he's a babyface commentator, Matt will sit there and do nothing but throw Joe under the bus. Matt Stryker just leaves Joe Dabrowski so flat with all the tires that he gets run over with whenever there's somebody in commentary, but I enjoy them thoroughly. They are hands down the best commentary team that MLW has had since we've been tuning in. Nothing against Rich, nothing against MSL, but Joe and Matt, we've said it a billion times, they hit fucking different. So, uh, and this match was the match that I wanted to see the first time around. It's what we should have got the first time around. It was hard hitting. It was great selling. The working of the neck of Delmi from Taya was great because that's where she had originally attacked her. So working that into the story, I loved it. It was definitely a way better match between these two. The chemistry was there. Everything was on point. This is what we should have gotten one, but I'm okay. And I'm so happy that we got it in two. Uh, the high spots for me were the road to Valhalla attempt, 
where Delmi rolled through. I thought that was cleanly done. Uh, then when she hit, when she goes to hit the Delmi driver, the shenanigans from John Morrison cause a distraction. Then Delmi actually gets the sunset flip on Taya, which was pretty good, leading into the Fujiwara armbar, and she makes Taya Valkyrie tap. That's right, Delmi Axel makes Taya Valkyrie tap, and Loka is gone. One way ticket to Jacksonville. John Hannigan may be getting his exit soon, but one way ticket. And Rob, what do you think? Because like I said, this is the one we should have got the first time around that we didn't. But I'm glad we got it this time around because this match was fucking great. Fuck you, Dave Meltzer. This shit was five stars. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, th I thought this match was a lot better than the first one. I think there was just more intensity from both ladies. They were hitting harder. Uh, the psychology was great. Like you said, the work in the neck. Also, like the like to me, a, this is my opinion. A tap out is more of a dominant victory than a pinfall. Absolutely, because a, a, a pinfall you can get like knocked out and get pinned, but like a tap is you were awake and just your opponent was putting you through so much pain you could not continue the match. I think that's more of a dominant victory, just like we saw with Alex Kane and Hammer, and just like we saw here with with Ty and Delmi. So. Like you said, this is probably the match we should have got. Definitely enjoyed this one. Uh, shame that Taya won't be around anymore because she's a, a hell of a worker. She can have some great matches when she wants to. So, yeah, it is what it is, but it was a, a better match than the first one. I fully agree. Absolutely. And do you think uh, – here's a question I got to pose, and we don't really do this too often, a little back and forth, but we should right now. Do you think that this match solidifies Delmi now as a champion? Because, yeah, she already had the title. She already won the WXW title, so she is Delmi Two Belts. But do you feel that this solidifies her in MLW this time around, getting the decisive tap-out victory over Taya? No excuses. Um, I, I mean, I guess you could say she's solidified. I'd like to see a couple of really good title defenses from her against a couple of good names. Uh, really just kind of further strengthen that she's the dominant one in the featherweight division. Uh, because, you know, there hasn't been a ton of matches in the featherweight division. Luckily, we've been seeing more. Uh, we went through a bit of a lull and then came back with some more. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to see a couple more big, big wins for her to really, really solidify that she's the dominant force in the division. Absolutely. And you know what? The tap-out victory is going to get definitely get her on uh, Bumaye's radar because the mission is a mission. And getting that Fujiwara armbar, Alex K definitely was watching that match because we all know Delmi did try out. Alex told her not the first time around. She didn't really cut the mustard. But now I feel like she's really pushing for that that spot in Bumaye. And, and I mean, Bumaye could certainly use that female representation. And I think what we will probably eventually be leading up to, especially with uh, not no spoilers, but uh, Big Bad Kaiju, uh, I, I think we're going to see an eventual clash and it'll be an epic one between the Bumaye Fight Club and The Calling. Oh, 100%. That's where it's headed. Because both sides want all the gold. So the only way to get all the gold is one side to take out the other. That's just it. And, and, right... and if you're not winning it, recruit it. Fair enough. And the thing is, is that uh, right now The Calling is winning in that battle of all the gold. Because they do have the middleweight and the tag titles. And we'll hear more from The Calling at the end of this uh, part of the episode. Uh, now, uh, we get a recap on MSL on the... Um, Betrayal of Microman, horrible. And the draft of Matt Cardona, which is fantastic. Can't believe the hottest free agent in pro wrestling right now is coming to MLW for a, you know, at least a stretch anyways. A spell. Uh, 
Espel. I like that cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. Uh, maybe two cups, depending on how him and Corbauer get along. Maybe a uh, get a... Who knows? I don't know. Could be. Could be. Maybe a bagel. I mean, I might just be wanting a bagel with my coffee. Oh, fancy. All right. Recap of Don King being the broker behind Boom IA. And then Sam's outside Corbauer's office. All you hear is screaming. Like he is fucking angry. He opens the door. She says, Sam. Or she says, Court, what was that? And he says, never do business. Never do business with that crook, Don King. And he just walks off. So obviously the yelling match we heard was the one side of Court Bauer trying to negotiate, I guess, Boumaye rates with the head Don King. Uh, draft round number three gets announced. We got a big one. We already knew it was coming, but it's official. O'Shea Edwards is now a part of MLW via the Boumaye Fight Club, which is fantastic. O'Shea uh, still currently a member as well of Shane Taylor Promotions. So STP getting represented. Boumaye getting that more representation. And I fucking love it. Rob, what do you think about uh, the exchange between Corp Bauer and Don King that we only heard parts of? And what do you think about O'Shea officially being announced to MLW as an in-ring competitor added to the roster? I, I definitely had a laugh at the Court and Don King uh, situation, but definitely stoked about O'Shea Edwards. He's bringing some size, some power, some, some charisma to the uh, Fight Club and just to the league in general. Uh, happy to see that guy getting some more work. I know Alex was super hyped about him coming in. Uh, so this is great for the league. More talent, more matches, more entertainment. I'm on board with all of this. 100%. All right. And then we get an MLW, a, a very odd but very great match, an MLW challengers match from New York City. That's right. We got Ken Broadway, cash flow. Going up against TJ Crawford. Now, I believe the challenge match, challengers match, is for these two guys to get a little bit of eyes on them from the brass of MLW and see who might be another possible addition to the later ends of the draft as we are in the open draft season. This match was one word. Fire. These two guys fucking killed it. They killed each other. They annihilated it. I've already been a fan of Ken Broadway, seeing him on some of the AEW dark stuff that he did. TJ Crawford, I really didn't have any experience with, but man, oh man, did this guy make me a fan within the 12 minutes these two were in the ring. Uh, the double driver from Crawford on cash flow, then the fucking kick literally sent the mouth guard flying out of Ken Broadway, which was fucking incredible. But then Broadway hits that Travis Plex, which is the honor of his friend and mentor who passed away uh, for the win. But this match was fucking phenomenal in every sense of the word. And MLW, both these guys, both these guys need to be an addition to the roster on a more permanent basis because I could see these two literally fight forever. The chemistry was there. They worked. They hit hard. There was no bullshit. This was strong style wrestling at its absolute finest. And kudos to Ken Broadway and TJ Crawford. You guys fucking lit it up. And I'm a fan of both of you. 150%. I feel like uh, we saw TJ Crawford before a few months back against somebody, but I can't remember who. But I remember being a little bit impressed then. And like you said, this was a, this was a good match. Like these two guys both are clearly having something to prove. Gotta love, like you can't buy that kind of charisma on Ken Broadway. Uh, just he gets it. He gets how presentation is important. Uh, this was a real good, like you said, good match, man. They hit each other hard. They went great chemistry. Uh, really enjoyed this one. Would be happy to see either of these guys back in an MLW ring. Definitely. 
100%. And we get more Offer Cup news. We got the bracket set. Davey Boy Smith and Calvin Tankman go one-on-one next week. That's actually the back half of this episode because we're discussing both. Uh, and the week after that, so next week's episode, we're going to get Tracy Williams, who uh, inadvertently got the win over Thatcher, Timothy Thatcher, due to a ref stoppage at Never Say Never. But he's moving on against Tony Deppin next week. And then we'll have the finals probably the week after that. So uh, the Opera Cup uh, bracket is moving forward and very great. And I cannot wait to discuss that Davy Boy and Tankman match because <laughs> let me tell you, whoo baby. All right, then we get our main event of the evening. This is Leo Rush. This is John Hennigan. This is Willie Mack for the number one contender match for Alex Kane's MLW Heavyweight Championship. Uh, and uh, we get an unexpected guest on commentary. Somebody Joe loves, Mance Warner. He's on commentary, and guess what, guys? You know what? If you want to be a commentator, it's very simple. Go online, you get your license for four ninety nine. According to Mance Warner, he only paid four ninety nine for his license, not four hundred and ninety nine dollars. Nope, just four ninety nine. That's right. So, uh, if you want to be a commentator in pro wrestling, commentators.com, four ninety nine. Get your license. Take a thirty minute course. Easy. According to Mance Warner, he did it on the crapper. So he totally did it within thirty minutes. I mean, he spent thirty minutes on the crapper. His legs, one of his legs, definitely fell asleep. Hundred percent. Hundred and fifty percent. All right. Now, what I enjoyed about this match is that Leo and John both fighting over who's going to go in the ring with Willie Mack, kind of giving Willie Mack distraction, actually playing rock, paper, scissors outside the ring to see who's going to go at Mack first. That caused a little bit of a distraction. Sam tried to get in, but uh, Willie was able to counteract that. But then we got a short-lived alliance between Rush and John until Leo tried a pin attempt on John Hennigan. Uh, a couple of the high spots, a double suicide on both guys from Rush. So picture this. Here's the ring. You have Leo Rush dead center. Full steam at John Hennigan. Flies back through the ropes. Full steam at Willie Mack. Flies back inside and literally not out of breath at all. Leo Rush can go, but we all know that whoever whoever doesn't know that Leo Rush can go, just watch the fucking tape. This guy can go. That was fantastic. Uh, Willie hitting a stunner in Stone Cold Steve Austin fashion. I love that. Saw Sam caused another distraction, and he gets a sweet forearm for that. And Willie rolls up John for the win based off the distraction. So Willie Mack is your new number one contender. And man, oh man, that's exciting. And I, I love the fact that right off the bat, we have representation in the champion, and now we have representation in the number one contender. And the fact that at Fury Road, we are going to get an all representation from two African American stars is absolutely fantastic. That's going to be the main event of Fury Road. And I love the change of course that pro wrestling is having right now with the representation, sorry, representation that everyone is getting. Rob, what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, we talked about it with Alex Kane. Representation is important. And MLW does a really good job, especially of highlighting black talent, uh, which is awesome. And, and I, I love like this match was actually really good. I didn't, Oh, this doesn't come off the wrong way. Didn't think I'd like it as much as I did. Uh, a lot of cool sequences there and the, the, the turning on each other. And uh, all these guys are capable of incredible agility. And uh, I think just everyone was on display there. I, I, I really liked this one. But Willie Mack getting the win. You know, I, I got to say, it seems like the, the this alliance is not always helping each other out the john hennigan sam adonis uh they sometimes yeah, they get I each other's way yeah, yeah more than it's really backfiring than anything it's not a coexistence here you're right you're right 
and maybe like this is just me being the, the the smart mark, I guess. But like too many, we've just been seeing it too much between Taya, Johnny, Johnny, Sam, whoever. The I'm on the ropes, interfering, and my friend comes running, and the other guy ducks, and I get hit on the ropes, and now I'm distracted, and you're gonna pin me. Like I just feel like it's getting a little overused here, but it's not that, that this alliance isn't doesn't seem to be helping them that much. So I don't know, just something I noticed. Good match, though. I enjoyed it. Great to see Willie Mack uh, on the up here in MLW. He's a, just a great performer. But uh, apparently Alex just wasn't uh, wasn't having his – his uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, now, hold on. Don't wait. Don't get – you're getting ahead of yourself here. That's the end of this episode. We're going right. to get into that in the next episode. But regardless right, of the fact right. – uh, we don't have to worry about the short-lived alliances between Sam Adonis, John Hannigan, and Ty Valkyrie because John and Taya have now now been at least moderately successfully written off MLW television for the foreseeable future. So right. we're only going to get Sam Adonis. And we still haven't figured out where CD is, where he's at. I honestly think Don King kidnapped him. That's what I think. Don King kidnapped hilarious. him or maybe Raven kidnapped him. I'm not really sure at this point, but somebody either Don King or the calling somebody fucking kidnapped that guy. And he's if, literally in a well at Buffalo Bill's house. Silence of the lamb style. Okay. What if, what if Raven brainwashed him and he comes back and he's like, thrust in Raven. Thrust in Raven. I like that. That could be good. That could be good. All right. So that's it for last week's episode. Now we're talking this week's episode. Opera cup intro first round. Like I said, it's Davey and Tankman, baby. That's going to happen later on in this episode. Also, what Rob was discussing, Willie Mack and Alex Kane, they had an exchange at the end of Never Say Never. Now, we're going to hear from both men during this episode on route to Fury Road, which is MLW's next pay-per-view on Fight Plus. Don't forget, $7.99. Premium live event. Premium live event. Thank you. My apologies. PLE. It's, it's MLW's next PLE, and it's going to be on... Fight Plus, $7.99 a month. You really can't beat the price point, and you get a lot of great content to go with it. And you can watch it again and again and again. Since I've since I've gone ahead and purchased it, I've watched Never Say Never three times, and I've relived everything that was Alex Kane's night, 150%. First match on the card, though, we get featherweight action, and the featherweight division in MLW is just kicking it up a notch. We get Rob's crush, Becca, going one-on-one, with Billy Starks. What I liked about this is Becca singing her intro for the first time live. We saw her sing Hot Summer Fun at Never Say Never, which Rob Hot really... Fun. There it is. Still sounds super weird when you do it. Actually, you sound better than she does. Oh, don't you dare insult A3CCA <laughs> like that. Okay, absolutely will. Or she couldn't hold a tune if a seagull was being strangled beside her. Bro, those are you're lucky we're not in the same room right now <laughs> that's why i'm saying it i'm comfortably safe here across zoom land <laughs> but regardless becca squawking like a seagull she sings out her intro the fans are not liking it i don't know if you saw rob i did i know i hilariously saw it there was a little kid sitting right by the ramp and as soon as she started singing all oh, that poor kid did this yeah he did yeah that. well there was another dude there jamming out so cancels out <laughs> yeah i guess i guess it does it cancels out uh but what a match these two had great storytelling again great chemistry again uh since the disaster that was the taya and delmi match these the first round not the second one delmi and taya two was everything but delmi and taya one was a huge letdown but since that match the featherweight division has been putting on clinics never say never they put on clinics 
here tonight. They put on clinics last week. Delmi and Taya too put on clinic. These ladies are absolutely on fire right now. Uh, what I loved was Billy hitting the Swanton and she scores the win. It was a great match. And um, before we get into what happened after the match, which was strange, what's your thoughts on Becca versus Billy? I mean, I know you're not happy that Becca lost, but still, you got to love the chemistry and the storytelling that was in this match. I, I mean, Becca lost, but she didn't really look bad. It was a good match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the, the intro just made it extra, extra fun. Nice swanton from Billy. She kills it with that. Uh, and also coming out with her with her bunny mask and striker being like, what does she travel with that thing? Like, how does she how does she walk around with that thing? How do you go through security with that thing? Uh, good match. Definitely, definitely enjoyed it. Like you said, the featherweights have been stepping it up. They've got to make themselves undeniable. They've got to, they've got to like kind of show that they are just as valuable. Maybe that they don't need to show it because they are just as valuable as the men on the roster, but they've got to just, they've stepped it up. I guess it's not that they need to, they have stepped it up. Every lady that's come into the ring has gone all out in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and even in the, the previous months, aside from some occasional blips, featherweight division has really been stepping it up and they've been getting that tv time so it's awesome to see there's so much good talent there particularly becca and billy sucks i agree with you on billy becca i agree with you on her wrestling ability she needs fucking singing lessons she's an international pop star george (laughs) all right moving on at the end of this match as billy is celebrating with the crowd one of the colleagues, Gas Mask Goons, comes over and hands her a box, and Matt Stryker does his best Brad Pitt when he says, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, what was in the box was a brain of some kind. I'm going to say and a cow, tongue. a brain and tongue. Cow brain, was. goat brain, a tongue of some kind. It was kind. probably just cow. They're easy to get. You go to the grocery store and get cow brain and cow tongue. You okay. ever have tongue? I used to eat it. Uh, no. I tongue? If you cook it right, it can actually be delicious. I mean, I don't eat it anymore. I've had like beef tongue tacos that were amazing. Hmm. Good to know. I'm not grossed out by the tongue, but I'm grossed out about the raw tongue in a box with a brain. Well, yeah, you don't want raw. Nobody wants raw tongue. Well, well, I mean, Billy Starks maybe, did either. As she drops, what you do on your own time isn't. <laughs> All right, Billy thing. Starks did as well as she drops the box. Actually, throws the box on the ramp, freaking out. And the crowd's like, "What's in the box?" And she's like, "Look at the box. I'm not telling you it's in the box. It's gross." So I think I even caught her being like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. Obviously, the calling is sending her a message, more so a message from Mandy Leon. Mandy Leon recently joined the calling, or sorry, recently was saved by the calling. And she is their featherweight equal in terms of their representation within every division in the company. So she's got her sights firmly set on the 18-year-old prodigy, Billy Starks. And uh, this is far from over. So we know we're going to get to see Billy Starks and a few more. TV tapings of MLW for sure. Now, open round draft number four. And who do we know is coming? Well, we already kind of knew because we saw him at Never Say Never. But now it's official. Love, Doug is here. He's here. And Sam Letourneau catches up with Doug and asks him why he stormed the stage during Becca's Never Say Never performance. And here's the reason why. Much like Rob, he is in love. Her voice is angelic. Her hair is gold. And Cupid's arrow will find her. So, Rob, you've got some competition right now for Becca's heart with Love Doug. How do you compete? 
let me be clear as uh, becca is a very attractive individual but there's no amorous infatuation here i'm i'm strictly a fan of her wrestling ability and similarly to doug her voice which is like a choir of angels uh so i i i, I can totally uh, see where Doug's coming from here. I can see why he's been smitten by the talent and the beauty of Becca. Um, I, I really like Doug. And from what I've heard, he's actually a, a, a really great guy. So I gone back and look at, looked at some of his, uh, his other work and, and Doug's an interesting dude. This is going to be, uh, this is a different kind of pickup for MLW for the league for Corp Power. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching where Doug goes with this and what comes out of this little angle with Doug and Becca. I'm I'm intrigued. 100%. I have to ask you as well, all those years of playing in a band, have you gone deaf? No, no. I, I play in a band. I've recorded. I've, I've been to... I've studied audio engineering. I have a diploma. Okay, I, no, that's great. I, I, I know music. How right? do you, okay, you do. How do you think... That her voice is a choir of angels. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't the, understand. The problem is Becca just hasn't had the right distribution and marketing. Like if, if more people, I think because she's a wrestler, she's kind of in that niche. If more people really heard her and she mm -hmm. branched out, we're talking like money. Like like she's she'll be outselling Celine Dion and Britney Spears combined. I'm telling you, okay. Hot Summer Fun is the feel good hit of the summer. Okay. I don't know where to go from here, um, but we're going to move on. I don't, I don't. Why don't you go right to the top like Becca is? Okay, right on. The only top Becca's going to is the subway tunnel, and she's being escorted out by security, okay? Because she won't even be able to earn money in a subway tunnel. Her voice is not good. It's Dude, not. she's incredible. You don't know what you're talking about. I guess I don't know music then. No, you do not, clearly. Okay, awesome. Or wrestling, obviously. I absolutely said she's a fucking talent, you jackass. I know my wrestling. There it is. I got Fucking you. watch your mouth, motherfucker. All right, anyways, moving on from this bullshit. She sounds like a seagull being strangled by a chameleon. Anyways, Sam Laterna is with MSL asking him about what he did to Microman. How does he sleep at night? And MSL says simply, I sleep great. I have a waterbed. I have a Tempur-Pedic. It's great. But tonight is about DBSJ. That's David Boysmith Jr., winning the opera cup and he hopes he will never see microman again and at that moment microman flies into the camera like off camera onto msl and he's attacking him microman and msl have a little squabble msl's got a pen of some kind it looks like a pen could have been a uh, letter opener i'm not sure where that came from but he had a sharp object that he was going to use on microman before <clears throat> the sgc that's mance warner manders matt justice they intervene, they knock MSL on his ass, and they say, Microman's with us now, he's family, he's part of the SGC, and you don't mess with the SGC. At that point, MSL doing what he does best, cowering like a coward, he says okay, and they all leave. Sam asks MSL if he's okay, and MSL turns at her and yells, are you okay, Sam? To when she says, and the way she said it, the delivery was great, she looks at me and says, so do you want an ambulance? Or, like, just the way she delivered that line, it's like she knew he wasn't hurt. She didn't care, but it's her job to ask if he requires medical attention. But other than that, she really could give two shits. And I feel like, um, I feel like MSL is going to get his payback 
on the second gear crew. So this is going to be starting somewhat of a rivalry between whatever faction MSL is building and the SGC. That's definitely where this is going. And if MSL is the man who did bring in Matt Cardona and he's aligned himself with DBSJ, that's a problem for the SGC. I love him. But Matt Cardona and Davey Boy, they're built different. They hit harder. And not to say that Manders and Justice and Man and, and Mance can't hold their own, because they can. But you're talking about two pretty big behemoths right now that MSL has got in his corner or in his pocket or whatever he's doing with them. So this is interesting where the story's going. But uh, you know what? I don't know my wrestling, according to douchebaggery over here. So, well, douchebag, what is your thoughts on this? My thoughts. He answered the douchebag, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, shout out to uh, to Manders, though, winning the Scenic City Invitational. That's pretty pretty big and pretty awesome. Um, yeah, it's going to be – I don't know. I'm not really sure what to expect with Cardona coming in. I'm really not. Um, I want to see where this goes, but – I don't know the, the the second gear crew. Maybe we're underrating them a little bit. Like these, as much as Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Cardona are forces to be reckoned with, these three guys are pretty uh, resilient and they can go hard. So I I think actually to be honest, that second gear crew's got a bit of the advantage here. I think Mister Saint Laurent should be keeping on his toes because those guys will strike when you least expect it, as as you saw today. 100%. I do agree. I do agree. Now we get a promo from Calvin Tankman. He's been waiting a year. Full calendar year, 365, since he got screwed over last year to get back into the Opera Cup. No distractions, no BS. Just him and Davey. No names, nothing. He's got the dog in him, and he wants to see if Davey's got the dog in him. And when it's all said and done, Calvin Tankman is going to be holding that Opera Cup high. Caden Mack, altercation at Never Say Never. Uh, Mack came out to, I guess, celebrate with Alex Kane and the Boom IA Fight Club, to which Kane leaned through the ropes, whispered something in Willie Mack's ear, saying, quote-unquote, you are not allowed to celebrate in the ring with the Boom IA Fight Club. You are not worthy. Now, before we hear from Alex Kane, Rob, your thoughts on Calvin Tankman's promo? Solid. Thought it was solid. Uh, Tankman's been one of those guys where he's like, I want to see more of him. Like he's he's working pretty regularly, but I want to see more Tankman. Um, and I think he's still got a he's still one of those guys where like I'm expecting him to break out in a smile half the time. He's still just too nice. I want more mean Calvin Tankman. Hmm. And I think he's going in that direction. So uh he got screwed over last year. Let's see if he can get some uh, vengeance for it this year, a little bit of redemption. Absolutely. Now we hear words from the new MLW heavyweight champion, Alex Kane, on Willie Mack saying, you don't take this seriously. You don't look like a champ. Mack won't be in shape for this fight. He'll be in a shape, but not in shape. You were turned away because you are not worthy. The people don't mess with you. You are not for Boumaye. You are for the Buffet. Quote, unquote, Alex Kane, again, spitting fire. Uh, and behind him, what the great part about this promo is behind him is Mr. Thomas, stone-faced. And every time Kane said something, facts. Facts. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say I was a little, I mean, Mr. Thomas talking about what 
what uh, Willie Mack is going to, he's going to go for Arby, go to Arby's for a roast beef and cheese. And he's going to go here. I, I was in my head. I was like, this all sounds like a real good, good afternoon. In my opinion, all, the, all these places, but yeah, they definitely went after Willie's physique talking about him being gassed in the ring. Uh, this one felt like they were, they were going hard at him and Alex Kane just getting as evil as he can possibly be. How, how much can I make people hate me? That's what Alex Kane is thinking right now. Um, so I, I I don't know. Was was Willie Mack not worthy to celebrate with the Bumaye Fight Club? What do you think? It's hard to say because Willie Mack is uh Willie Mack doesn't really toe the line. He's always kind of been a lone wolf in ways. Yeah, he's got his alliances and he's got his respecting friendships like him and Jacob Vitu have a respect for one another they're not friends by any standpoint but if he ever needs to call in Jacob Vitu for a favor you know that Simone Werewolf would show up and vice versa uh, but I almost feel like Alex Kane doesn't respect Willie Mack and I'm not going to say that's going to be his undoing but I'm going to say that Willie Mack is going to make him respect him when Fury Road happens so I almost feel like Willie going out there I guess to try to celebrate and congratulate and then being shunned might have been the biggest mistake that Alex Kane has made so far in his young title reign for the simple fact that I wouldn't want to cross Willie Mack. He definitely wouldn't. You might not respect him, but don't underestimate him. And and that's what I'm saying. I feel like Alex Kane doesn't respect Willie Mack, but he's also underestimating Willie Mack. And we've seen what Willie Mack can do when there's a distraction around the ring as well. Don't forget, we had Sam Adonis in that three-way match last week, and he was able to hold his own. So what is Mr. Thomas going to be out there, but just be a nuisance because Willie Mack will be able to handle himself, even with Mr. Thomas lurking around the ring or the rest of the Bumaye fight club, which surprisingly enough, you don't really see them get involved in Kane's matches. Yeah. We've seen Thomas get involved here or there, but for the most part, Thomas really doesn't get involved. He talks smack in the corner, but he doesn't really physically get involved, but I'm, I'm sure in this one, considering the fact that Thomas is getting more of a voice on the promos, I feel like Thomas is going to try to get involved. And I also feel like Willie Mack may be able to counteract the equalizer. But the only way to guess will be as we streamline right to Fury Road, which is September 3rd on Fight Plus. So, you know, get your lock in and get everything ready to rock and roll because that's going to be coming quicker than it can. I mean, I can't believe it's almost the end of July right now. This is crazy. I, bro, this this fall has been wild. Uh, how about you? You've been enjoying the fall season? Absolutely. I've been enjoying everything about the fall season. Yeah, we've gotten like four days of sunshine so far this year. It's been ridiculous. Yeah, but it's been it's been pretty mild, which hasn't been over hot. There've been a few hot days, but it's been pretty relaxing. Like my air conditioner was busted for two days. Got it fixed last That's night, awesome. but it wasn't an overly hot and humid time period, which is great. Usually the dog days of summer, though, let's be honest, are August. August is usually where we do get that heat wave that happens. We may not Let's get it over. this year, but you know what they always say? If you have a shitty summer, you're going to have a pretty mild winter. And we had a pretty rough winter last year. So uh, who knows? But I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. And now we got Tankman versus DBSJ. This match was catch wrestling, hard hitting, breaking down the body, everything that you want in classic old school style. The pace was a little slow in the early going, but that was to establish the psychology of the story being told. And I know the last couple of episodes, we've really been diving deep into the psychology aspect because I don't think people really appreciate how very ring how the great ring iq mlw roster has their iq is phenomenal the stories that they tell are the same yet different old but new 
simple, but excellent in a lot of ways. And I think that they should all be rewarded. And this match was an example of that. And I see you nodding your head. So I guess, you know, I do know a thing or two after all. But anyways, watching these two work was a lost art. We don't see a whole lot of that anymore. And a couple high spots for me. Uh, how about Calvin Tankman going to the top rope only to get power slammed by DBSJ? And then DBSJ going to the top rope, very unorthodox from him, not once, but twice, and actually hitting a leg drop and a headbutt. That was pretty cool. Uh, Tankman got that sweet back elbow, which I really thought was going to be the turning point, but Davey turned it into a crossfire or sorry, a cross face. My apologies. And take with taps is a great finish. And I enjoyed everything about this match. Like I said, catch wrestling, hard hitting, breaking down the body. These two really went to work on the body, old school style. This reminded me very much so of, I, I would put this match up there in terms of psychology with Mr. Perfect, Brett the Hitman Hart SummerSlam match in the terms of the psychology. That's where I would put it because I felt that these two really use their bodies, use their power in the best way possible. And I'm not saying that this match equals that match because it does not, but I'm talking about the psychology, talking about how they really broke it down and told the story and used these advantages. And they surprised the hell out of it. And how this crowd wasn't jumping out of their seats more, I don't know, but they literally got a little slice of heaven with this fucking match straight up. Yeah, it was a good match. Definitely uh, enjoy the wrestling aspect of, of uh, David Boy Smith Jr. Calvin Tegnan likes to hit hard. I very much enjoy that as well. I thought these guys did the Opera Cup justice with that match. It was a proper match. Very good. Very good way to pretty much close out the show from a wrestling standpoint. Uh, it's quite good. Quite good. That's a whole rant I went on. He just says, it was a good match. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty much you you stated a lot of things so I don't want to just repeat myself like Fair if enough, I disagree I thought, with I thought you, it... I'd have more to say shocker all right anyways DBS advances and then at the end of the show which should have been the end is DBS looking at the opera cup touching it kind of paying homage to the fact that that is his family's legacy we get a very unorthodox promo from Ricky Shane Page 22 long years you don't know what it's like Jacob you're going to be alone. Jimmy's not coming. Jay's not coming. No one is coming. The journey is almost over. Trust in Raven. And we go black screen. Now, when I say unorthodox, the constant bringing up of Jimmy and Jay Uso in these promos makes absolutely no sense to me. We already know that Jacob Fatu is part of the bloodline. Not in the faction terms but in the actual fucking bloodline we know this but to consistently keep throwing out the usos is becoming tiresome for me this is the third promo that the calling has cut where they've mentioned jimmy and or jay in this promos and it's like guys we know it we get it there's no need to throw names from another company when they're not going to ever step foot in an MLW ring. I just feel like it's becoming redundant for me at this point. They're not coming because they're contractually obligated not to come. That's it. Plain and simple. <laughs> there, there's no I, I other mean, way around it here. No other way. Maybe Jacob might be heading somewhere else in a while. And maybe this is some foreshadowing. I don't know. But. I, I kind of get what you're saying. I think Collins just, Ricky's just trying to play on that 
more of the like you're you're you might be part of the bloodline but here you don't have as much support you've got the SWAT team Simone SWAT team that is uh, but the they don't have the numbers of the calling, and look what the calling just did to the Simone SWAT team. So I think he's just trying to maybe get inside Jacob Fatu's head a little bit. That sounds like a Ricky thing to do. Maybe, maybe you're right. But all I'm saying is, you want to get inside. You want to get inside Jacob Fatu's head. Go where it's personal for him. And we know that MLW does do personal promos. So instead of attacking his like third cousin, why don't you attack his his family? Why don't you physically attack his father, physically attack his children, physically attack his, not physically, sorry, literally attack them. Relax. It was like physically attack his children. What just happened? I I meant verbally. Sorry. Verbally. I I know. I'm just messing with you. Yeah, but like the the, the reaction was over the top. The reaction was over the top. Take it easy. I'm saying bring in the actual people that he connects with on a more personal level. I don't know if, if him and Jimmy and Jay even speak on a regular basis. So the they fact is, yeah, we don't know that. And and if he is going there, which would be stupid for him to go there because he wouldn't be in the main event pitcher, uh, he would just probably be stuck at NXT. And that's where he would go because his charges wouldn't allow him to go any further than that. So the fact is, as I'm saying, if that's foreshadowing, you're foreshadowing it not in the best way possible. This was this was a week. This was a week ending for me. And I, we always look for the silver lining. In this one, I can't. I have nothing but respect for the calling Ricochet Page. I love the story. But this promo was by far the flattest thing over an otherwise two great weeks of wrestling. That's just my opinion. And it's not always going to be perfect. I'm not shitting on the product. I'm just being honest. I found it redundant and a waste of 33 seconds. I mean, you you got to be honest sometimes, man. We got to be honest. You got to think of this too. Like, he's not the only person in pro wrestling that has a, a past record. Like, there's people in another place right now, many of them, we've just talked about one of them, that have been charged with criminal charges, and not to bring that stuff up, but, like, it's not impossible that he could go there and succeed. I'm, uh, I'm not saying it is impossible. Sorry, baby, let me let me rephrase. I'm not saying it is impossible, but the fact is we know how WWE is with charges. The, the only reason that Jimmy is still employed by the WWE is because he was in one of the hottest storylines to come out of pro wrestling, pro wrestling, wrestling. Look at me. I'm Ted Turner. He was the, it was literally because he was involved in that major storyline that they swept the two DUIs under the rug. Other than that, Jeff Hardy, DUI after DUI after DUI released Jeff Hardy, drug charges released rich Swan, possible, possible, never confirmed, then recounted allegations of domestic abuse released enzo amori same thing possible never confirmed then recounted still released regardless of the fact of the level of talent a lot zachary wentz unfounded bullshit released wwe has a no like no bullshit policy when it comes to that so unfortunately even though jacob fatu's charges are assault with a weapon and i believe a uh a b and e those charges are they're not going to take him with that. They won't. I want to see him go there, but they're not going to take him with that. I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin did what, like a hundred hours of community service for assaulting his wife. Like, I, I mean, I don't want yeah, to get into a protracted discussion yeah, we're, we're, on this. But... Yeah, this is a different discussion. But we're talking about then and now. Then was different. Now it isn't. It's 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 this. It's a different ball game from from the nineties to twenty twenty three. It is, man. 
It is. Celebrities can't get away with shit anymore. You depends who you are. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So all in all, uh, not the best closing to the show, but it is what it is. Yeah, and again, I'm not shitting on the product because, listen, I'm not a pro wrestler. It's difficult to cut promos. All I'm saying is it's becoming redundant at this point. You want to get inside Jacob Fatou's head? Go after his children. Go after his wife. Talk shit about them. That gets the Samoan werewolf riled up. Mentioning cousins that are never going to show up is a waste of time for me. And that's it. I'm just being honest here. It's not always going to be perfect. And after I push record, Rob's going to say something to me. But it's okay. It is what it is. I don't care. I always say things to you after you press record. That's what we do. It's a podcast. No, I mean, after I push stop. Fuck you. You're going to be like, we're going to be careful. Listen, at the end of the day, I love MLW. I bleed red and white. But sometimes things aren't always great. And I have to point it out. Fair. All right. That's it for this one. It's in the can. Before we go, Rob's segment that he always forgets about. Rob, who is the one that MLW should be watching? I will go first because I'm always prepared. Okay, go then. No, you go first. Well, I'm, I'm talking about a tag team this week. Uh, a couple of local guys, Mike Forte, Tyler Arrow, collectively known as Airstrike. Uh, they're a couple of high-energy individuals, great tandem tag team action, you know, like typical tag team, high-flying wrestling. Both these guys can fly, innovative offense uh, a couple of really good guys outside of the ring as well and i think they'd be worth taking a look at george i like it I, well i feel that um mlw is missing some vitamins and i believe they need to get a good shot of vitamin d and anyone that's taking that as a sexual innuendo that's not what i'm saying at all he goes by vitamin d johnny deluca that's what the vitamin d stands for it stands for vitamin deluca okay not what you guys were thinking of but regardless, Johnny D is a hot up-and-comer here in the Ontario indie scene. This kid has put the work in. He is killing it. You want to talk and see what I'm talking about? Check out his match on the HWE Network. I believe it's also on YouTube. Him versus the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, in his hometown, was a banger of a fucking match. And Johnny DeLuca is someone that Court Bauer and company should definitely be keeping their eyes on. And I don't, know why, like, what, I don't know why I keep doing this. I'm doing this a lot today, and now I'm holding my dog's leash. Or my dog's collar. I don't know why I'm doing But anyways, Johnny DeLuca, Vitamin D, keep your eyes on that kid because he's got a bright, bright future in pro wrestling. 150%. Done. Dig it. All right. And that's it for this one in the can. Heated conversations. Two rewinds. You got to love it. It is what it is. Peace, love, and wrestling. I am your host, your boy, George Mackay. That is Uncle Bobby, a.k.a. The DB. Uh, go ahead, Bobby. Do you want to count on any socials? Oh, you can hit me on Instagram at the real Uncle Bobby B. And that's it. That's the only one you can hit him at because he won't message you on anything else. Absolutely not. Okay. I'm one of his good friends and he barely answers me on Facebook. Barely. Wonderful shit. Oh, now he's just getting sensitive. All right. Anyways, peace, love, and wrestling, guys. We'll see you next week. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>